Dalton takes a shotgun snap. Quick throw. Nice. Caught by it Green. Is. It, it is a yeah. touchdown. Adriel Jeremiah Green. You don't live in Cleveland. Hello and welcome to episode 95 of Cincinnati, the Bengals UK podcast, and I'm very happy to say it is definitely uh, episode 95 this week. Um, I think there was a little bit of confusion. It was obviously the heat last week, uh, whether it was 94 or 95. When you get to this kind of number, they all kind of merge into one, really, don't they? Well, they don't. Of course they don't, because we value each one and all the people that come on to our podcast but uh, yeah slight confusion last week but one thing that isn't confusing is uh, Nathan Palmer and he's here again Nathan aren't you hello I am I am indeed my son and I, it feels a bit like deja vu doing uh, episode 95 <laughs> after I thought I'd done it last week but uh, so be it um, how have you been my son yeah pretty good thank you uh, getting back to normal surviving last week's heat wave now uh, obviously there's storms is it me? Is almost you can cut through the atmosphere with a knife, and I don't mean tension-wise, but I mean temperature-wise. Uh, and again, I'm I'm not really into talking about the weather too much, but bloody hell, it's really humid and muggy, and you just feel the moisture in the air. It's just like, can it just calm down for one moment, I think, please? I think that we've gone through that transition period now to win uh, to autumn, haven't we? I think this is like you know that absolute beautiful spell of warm weather last week and then it wasn't that naturally beautiful, followed though. by um all those mad storms and then i think now the temperature's on its way down and we're sort of autumn is on the horizon i wouldn't say it was beautiful at all i thought it was horrible 37 degrees are you kidding me <laughs> i couldn't get to sleep i couldn't i couldn't function even even the most minimal tasks like eating and chewing caused me to perspire greatly it wasn't beautiful at all. It was bloody horrible. So I'm, I'm glad it's kind of temperature-wise, it's back down to, you know, normal. But I think we'll get a few uh, sunny days in September. We always do, don't we? So um, anyway, again, this is not a weather podcast, even though you probably think it is. Lots to talk about, as usual, as training camp ramps up. We do have a special guest coming up later on. Very happy to say that it's Bengals team reporter making her second appearance on the podcast it's uh, the brilliant uh, Marissa Contepelli, so stay tuned for that. But uh, yeah, there's a few news items and obviously uh, things getting a little bit more kind of more like football, really. Absolutely. I think it's good to see players with the pads on. You know, they're out there. There's some news coming out from around the league. And it's, I think <laughs> that thankfully with all this stuff going on, it's taken the focus off of the whole um coronavirus fiasco so it's cool to see the the guys out there playing throwing the ball around um and obviously we're gonna talk a little bit more about how that first day of practice has gone well everything that you say uh is correct and everything people are saying out of practice because it's the first time the media and marissa will talk a little bit uh more about how uh, what kind of procedures are in place around paul brownstone it's really interesting actually what she has to say and um it's the first time the media have been invited onto the practice field and they've got their own little kind of area now that they have to stick to. Again, as Marissa will tell you all about later on. Um, and all the reports are saying that Joe Burrow looks really sharp. Um, AJ Green had people's hearts in their mouths again when he didn't finish practice. Uh, it seems as though he might, might have tweaked 
a hamstring. T Higgins is sitting out uh, with an undisclosed injury, but apparently it's only minor. Tyler Boyd broke that news, much to the team's horror last week in an interview, I think. Um, so we're hoping he's all right. And, of course, John Ross is not there. Uh, he has He's had to go back to California, I believe, um, because, sadly, his partner and his young son have tested positive for COVID-19. So, naturally, uh, John has been placed on the kind of COVID reserve listy thing. He's gone back to kind of help out with those guys. So we wish those a speedy recovery. But it's, I'm talking loads because there's kind of a lot of stuff flying around, isn't there, at the moment? Especially with uh, because the media is suddenly tweeting like crazy. They're all excited to be there. And we're seeing bits of footage and quotes from Sam Hubbard and Xavier Suofilo and all these guys. So, again, it feels a little bit more uh, like proper training camp 100 percent. i heard coming out talk about that offensive line and uh xavier suafila i was hearing that michael jordan um has turned up looks massive looks like he's in good shape the geezer so exciting to see um you know that he's really been putting in the work in the off season it's interesting isn't it because again i think one of the media guys observations was that the offensive line looks demonstrably bigger this year you know xavier is a big lad uh, Michael Jordan has, I think, clocked in at three twenty pounds, so he's in. He's he's fighting weight. He's good to go. Uh, of course, Jonah's back, uh, and Bobby Harper. The less said about Bobby, the better, I guess. Um, um, but yeah, you know, that's the starting five at front: Hopkins at centre, Suafilo at. Well, let's go from left to right. Uh, Jonah. Uh, Michael Jordan, Trey Hopkins, uh, Xavier Sofilo and Bobby Hart uh, looks to be the starting five at the moment. Also, I think the undrafted free agent guy, Josh, Josh Scriptful at centre, got a few reps today in practice. But again, you know, all these little things, people pick up on them because it's the first time we're really seeing some in-depth critique of the practice. And it's just great for great to see those guys out there uh, playing football. And Lapham's going nuts over AJ Green. He's saying he looks in... Terrific shape, although again, he uh, he had our hearts in our mouths this afternoon when he had to go off and do some stretching and speculation that, that he might have tweaked a hamstring. So we'll we'll see about that. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be crazy, isn't it? Because obviously, training camps you a real insight into how the players are playing and how they're all looking and developing, etc. And it's just going to be crazy, isn't it, for us as Bengals fans that. Obviously, we watched Joe Burrow playing for LSU, having that incredible run down the end of the season. And the first time since that national championship game that Joe Burrow is going to be playing competitive football is week one for the Bengals against the Chargers, which is mad, isn't it? To have no preseason, not even any reps against another team where you can sort of see him in stripes, performing, getting a flavour for what you might get out of him or anything like that is literally going to be him probably at the 25-yard line, first and 10, ready to go in about three, four, five weeks' time, whenever it is. So it's just a mad thing, isn't it? Like very, very unusual for a rookie to come into the season, get absolutely not one rep against anyone in a preseason game or anything ever, and your first snap is a competitive snap in the NFL. So unusual. Absolutely. And, and what is even more crazy to me is that the season starts in under a month's time. Like, yep, yep. under a month's time. Uh, isn't that absolutely insane? E- through everything that everyone's been through, 
You know, I know people out there that have been ill with COVID and come through the other side. People who've known people who've actually lost their lives. You know, we know Jess Conley and a few other kind of healthcare practitioners who've been on the front line of this thing. You know, after everything all those guys have been through, isn't it just mental to think that... Because, you know, rewind back to, say, March and April, there was no way that I thought any kind of sport was going to happen until at least October, November time. So to to actually think that things are moving forward as they are and as things stand, there will be the, the, the NFL season, the full NFL season... Who knows what's going to happen during the season, but the full NFL season will start on time in early September. It just boggles my mind, really. Well, I mean, let's not get ahead of ourselves, but certainly it looks like that's going to happen. I mean, you know, the teams are going ahead with practice. The signs at the moment feel positive. It doesn't seem like too much of a scandal of anyone testing positive yet or being outside of bubbles or anything else so here's hoping i think it'll be certainly a a fantastic watch and i'm sure for a lot of people that are big football fans it'll be very very welcome especially with a lot of college um leagues being cancelled this year so and also the canadian football league they came out and announced that uh, they weren't gonna play the 2020 season so i guess american pro sports are almost unique you know they're they're playing forward the nba have had success with their bio bubble in in Disneyland, and you know they're not getting many, um, if at all, any kind of positive tests. So that bio bubble is, is working. Uh, baseball, you've had a few, but that's to be expected, I guess. The well, NFL from the Reds tested positive, didn't he? You see that? I, yeah, Nick, that's I think, right. I think it's Nick Senzel from the Reds tested positive. So a couple of their games against the Pittsburgh Pirates were cancelled. Um, I started getting into the old baseball, you know. I, mean, I was watching a few of the games on because you get all the lives. If anyone wants to watch the Reds, Bet365 show all the games. So you can oh, just right, log okay. into your account and watch them. Um, really good. I, was, I watched about four or five in a row before um, they got those couple of games cancelled. Um the Reds have got a really good team this year. They just can't get it going. They've just got no consistency. The bullpen's a bit shit, but it's a good watch. Okay. I'm, I'm still all, a... Every every like two or three years, I have a bit of a baseball fling. Okay. Like, I'll, I'll get well into it and watch like a month and then get fed up with it and then won't watch it again <laughs> for like two or three years. But it is good. It's a good crack. I think it'd be a fun sport to play. I really do. It's just like rounders, though, isn't it? Surely. Yeah, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, rounders is all right. Yeah, no, I'm not knocking rounders, man. I'm not knocking rounders. I used to love us. What's going on in the background there? Sorry, it's been just crashed to the ground in my room. Uh, Right. Uh, As we say, the Bengals are practising as other NFL teams, and they've got a few new faces to welcome in. Uh, They claimed Bryce Sturk off waivers from the Dolphins. Uh, he played collegiately at Montana State and Washington, and a def- he's a defensive end. And they signed another defensive end. Uh, they signed Amani Bledsoe. Um, interesting, you know, who they got at, at uh, defensive end? They've got Dunlap. Notably speaking, they've got Dunlap, Hubbard, Lawson, Andrew Brown. That's about it, really. So these guys can't really be other than than kind of practice dudes right they cut they're sort of 
back end of the roster dudes if that if they do make the roster. But it's interesting that they attacked defensive end in particular. Yeah, I mean, did you see the news, obviously, I mean, across that defensive line with um, Rennell Wren going down today with a, an injury and had to be carted off. So I think maybe, mm. though, not that they knew that when they signed both of these guys, but obviously, you know, the sort of depth and the rotation pieces there will certainly be needed even more so with the news that he's gone down what looks like a quite nasty in, uh, injury. So... The Bengals haven't had too much luck, really, on that defensive line. I mean, they've—I know—they've brought in um, a couple of guys to sort of compete and stuff. But you, you start to think, God, that that unit is a lot thinner than we would have thought it would have been well, two or three weeks. Ago. Absolutely, with Tupu opting out and then uh, Ryan Glasgow being waived, uh, and then uh, suddenly, as we mentioned last week, it suddenly became a very kind of thin position group. The, the defensive tackle. Uh, there's really wasn't anything behind Atkins and Reader, and they went out and signed Mike Daniels, which could be a nice rotational piece. Another three technique there, um, very similar in size to Geo, arguably a, more of a run stopper than a pass rusher, but certainly a good pickup, I think. Um, but Do you then, think there's any chance they look at Pecco now that Ren is... I mean, we don't know the extent of Ren's injury, but it certainly didn't sound that good. Do you think there's a chance they bring in someone like Domitar Pecco? I mean, why not? I mean, it just as you say, it just depends on the nature of Ren's injury, really. But if Ren goes down, that suddenly leaves us quite thin at that position again. So, I don't know, man. Um, Pecco, 36, has he still got enough juice in the tank? Maybe. I saw someone, an NFL journalist posted a video of him the other day working out in his backyard and he looked in really good shape and I think that's the reason the guy posted the video saying yeah, that he's yeah, yeah. had a few calls from some teams and he wants to make sure the fit is right. So, I don't know. I mean, I'm always, you know, I, I, like I said last week, I'm sometimes against constantly going back to these old flames of the security. I think it's something the Bengals have, you know, they've made some good decisions with it in the past but I think sometimes they've let it sort of hold them back a bit with the familiarity aspect. But with how thin they are at the moment, you know, they went out there and made a slightly more splashy move um, to get another guy in at defensive tackle. So, I mean, maybe Pecco, they would consider it now that Wren has gone down with that injury. I mean, I certainly wouldn't, at this point, I wouldn't be against it as like a him being like a false rotational piece, maybe fighting a couple of undrafted guys for the roster. Um, yeah, because yeah, you've got Kendall Futrell there, haven't you, the undrafted guy. Um, I, I still think there's going to be a bit of tinkering, especially if Ren's injury is serious. And sure, you know, Pecco is an option for, uh, you know, a rotational piece, but don't expect him to do much. I think there are a few half-decent defensive tackles still out there, you know. So yeah. uh, it's It'd one of those, though. isn't it? It's kind of like the heart rules the head. That One of them, isn't yeah. it, really? You'd love to see Pecco it's... retire as a Bengal, um, but... As, I don't know. I'd, I'd kind of like it. Sure, I'd be up for that. I, I like him a lot. I, th- I think he was a good player for us and a really great guy. Obviously, a fan favourite. But um, I think, you know, can he do the job for us now is the, is the question. And I, I don't know. I mean, that line is completely transformed, really, isn't it? I mean, you think back to last year, the only guy that's still remaining on that line pretty much is Gino Atkins. You've got Reader that's come in. You've got Mike Daniels, as yeah. you said, that's come in. And then you've got... Probably, you know, a guy, either Kendrell, Fruitrail, I'm not a difficult one for me to say that. Um, either him or someone like a Pecco that's going to come off the street. I mean, it's, you know, certainly not going to be many 
familiar names there um, compared to what we had last year. So it's going to certainly be interesting. It is. Um, as I said, it looks a lot more like regular football with training camp. And of course, as we mentioned, one of the things that comes with training camp are injuries. We've already mentioned Renell Wren and we're, we're hoping that it's not a serious injury for him. And, you know, AJ gave us a scare today. Um, one person who looks as though he's going to be missing significant uh, time is newly signed cornerback and uh, past guest of this programme. It's Trey Waynes. He's has, I think, Zach Taylor confirmed today that uh, he has indeed undergone surgery to repair a torn pectoral muscle, uh, which apparently, under normal circumstances, takes around 14 to 16 weeks to heal and get him back into football shape. So he could be uh, missing until around early December. Not really what you want from uh, from uh, an expensive free agent, really, is it? I bet Mike Brown is doing his nutting. Oh, mate, I mean, you know, we I think we talked before about stuff like this with how Mike Brown obviously put a lot of money into Antonio Bryant back in the day. And since then, when that went horrendously wrong, I, remember, I always remember that practice, Bryant limping around. And I think if he practiced once or something, he was entitled to his whole salary for that year or something ridiculous like that. And obviously he got that one practice in and then never played a snap for the Bengals, never played in the NFL ever again after this injury. Uh, since that day, I really think the Bengals have been reluctant to go and shell out big money for guys they don't know. And obviously, this year's really bucked the trend. They did a fantastic job going out there and bringing in guys from outside the building. And obviously, you know, I mean, these Trey Wayne's not out for the season, but I mean, really, he was one of those guys that was supposed to come in as a veteran leader and start. You know, undoubtedly, apart from D- the DJ Reader signing, definitely the you know the headline. He's definitely the most talented guy that they've brought in. He's arguably a Pro Bowl sort of talent um, player. But someone like Waynes, I mean, that secondary last year at times wasn't fantastic. Like, you know, he coming over from Minnesota with Mike Zimmer, obviously we had him on the podcast, a great guy. And you're just really excited to have that consistency of a veteran, solid player, been around the league, like really need him. And that's a real big miss, that is. I mean, it gives a chance to Darius Phillips to step up and... Um, you know, get some more snaps and show his potential. But ideally, especially at a position like cornerback, it's great to have depth. You don't want to start losing guys, you know, week one into training camp, you know. So, yeah, not ideal. Not ideal at all. But I at least hope we see the geezer. Do you know what I mean? You always get that sort of like headline injury. Last year it was Jonah Williams, um, who we lost for the season in camp. So I'm hopeful that you know, at least we might see him, like you said, maybe into sort of December when we're, you know, we're sort of eight and four and we get him back in the lineup. <laughs> and it, you know, well, that final push, push. Yeah, yeah, is fully on. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I, I'm disappointed. And of course, there is a. I'm disappointed because I would have liked to see him play. I don't think he's an amazing cornerback. I have to say. I think he's, you know, he does get you, burned. You tell him that when he was on. No, I kept that one quiet, to be honest. Um, I think he's a good cornerback. I think he's a good tackler, and that's what they bought him for, really. I really do think they, they, they kind of... He's got a touch of the drays about him in coverage, you know what I mean? He's solid, but liable to give up the big play. But what he is much better than Dreyer is tackling on the outside and sealing 
those edges, which is something that was just awful last year. So I was kind of looking forward to, uh, for the solidity that he'd bring, and as you said, a leadership and, um, uh, you know, the personality and the, and the competitive nature of him. He comes from a winning programme. So, uh, But we've still got Mackenzie Alexander. Uh, it is time for Darius Phillips to step up, which is going to be interesting to see what he can bring to the table. I'm looking forward to... I have to say, I'll say... Oh, uh, Luana Rumu was, was, was before the Waynes injury, was, was talking up LaShawn Sims, which we haven't really spoken about, and who we haven't really seen play that yet too much. The guy that's come from the Jaguars. He's apparently pretty good. And then I, I've got a sneaky feeling that Winston Rose is going to be quite good. Um, so I'm not... You, 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 you... You got a man crush. Winston Rose is your new boy, isn't he? Well, He's not yet. It's a bit early. I've, let's just say I've spotted him on the other side of a crowded room, and our eyes have met. And I'm thinking about making a move, but I'm not quite sure yet. So we'll see. Um, your boy last year. What was the geezer <laughs> you fancied last year? Um, he oh, had amazing cool. hair as well, didn't he? Was he a safety? He was. He was a cornerback as well. It's BJ Webb. How could BJ I... Webb, how could we forget? Exactly. See, I, maybe I just subconsciously have my man crushes on on people in the secondary. I don't know. That's weird, isn't it? You, you love an you love an underdog in the se- uh, secondary. I do. I love a defensive underdog. That that's the one that gets me all juiced up. So um, <laughs> so to speak. Um, but yeah, talking, of, talking of defensive on. backs. Yes. What is Trey Kirkpatrick still unsigned? He is. And he still lives in Cincinnati, so you know, there's a there's a chance. Well, I don't understand. I don't understand that. I'm shocked by that because there's nothing. I mean, he was never the best cornerback in the world, but I was always like, you know, he, he certainly could do a job for someone. Do you know what I mean? Well, he I'm might still. He might work. still do a job for us. You never. You just never know, really. But it's a shame about Trey. And there is a whiff of controversy about this. Were you following the whole kind of? You know, Trey came out and kind of said he was he was getting a bit antsy because um, uh, he hadn't signed his contract yet, and they weren't. Let, it was all to do with workouts. I'm not quite sure what the normal procedure is. And then his agent kind of warned him not to work out with the Bengals until he'd signed his uh, his deal, and uh, and then this all this whole injury thing. Um, happened. So I don't know. There's a. Uh, apparently, he said I advise Trey not to do any football drills, not to get out there on the field. Certainly, don't do any live drills against other people. And my hope is that he's following my advice. He's got to be creative. He's got to find different ways to be at peak physical performance. But wait, he should come over the heath with us, Nathan, shouldn't he? For a kick around, frankly. <laughs> but assuming he's not doing the one-on-one drills, assuming he's not battling other players. He's not just not going to be where he otherwise would be in a normal year, and I don't. I think that applies to a lot of players. You know, it's just such a mental year in terms of contracts and delays in signing contracts. And I mean, initially, it's, you kind of thought, "Oh God, the Bengals kind of cocked this contract thing up again," but actually, it just seems to be. You know, they were holding out until they could get him in the building, which is. And see him perform a physical there and then, which I don't think you can blame the Bengals for, can you, really? No, it's a bit of a tricky one, isn't it? I think it's difficult to pass judgment on some of these things when you don't know the ins and the outs, the behind the scenes and stipulations in the contracts and stuff. I mean, it's just a shame. If you're going to have a big run and you're going to have a good season, I think that 
the Bengals just cannot afford. We're not as deep as some other teams. We've not got the experience there. You know, we've got a rookie quarterback. We've got a lot of rookies that we're hoping are going to make an impact. You've got a lot of free agents that you've got to bet in as well. And I just think if we're going to have a good year, people like Trey Waynes are the guys that you need to be fit. You can get by with a Rennell Wren or Ryan Glasgow going down, but it's hard when you've got key starters. I mean, Waynes would have been a starter. He would have been a big impact signing. And I just think that you can't afford too many. It was like with Green last year, obviously. I mean, last year was absolutely brutal. I mean, you think to Jonah Williams and AJ Green to go down, you know, that early before anything had even happened. I mean, it was just almost such a big thing for the Bengals to climb out of your best player on offense and your most, you know, your first round pick that would have started by all accounts last year if he was fit, Jonah Williams. And I just think that put us on the back foot immediately. So I'm just hopeful that outside of Waynes or someone, you know, like Wren, it's just no deeper than that. Like, we, I mean, you've got no preseason, so you're hopeful that, you know, it minimises the chances of guys getting hurt. But if we're going to have a good year, like I said, we need these geese to stay fit and healthy um, and stay healthy for a while as well. So we, we just got to – we just don't have that depth. You know what I mean? Like, once you start getting down past your sort of um, – you know, past your sort of top two, three guys – there's a lot of inexperience there, and that's where the Bengals aren't going to flourish. Well, I would put at least three quarters of the rest of the NFL into that bucket as well, to be honest with you. So, um, but I, you know, I agree. It's uh, you don't want injuries at this stage, but you always do get them, really. Um, so, as I promised, we do have a special guest, and it is fantastically the return of Marissa Contepelli, the Bengals. Uh, video producer and team reporter. You see it almost every day on the Bengals website. So it's a very warm welcome back to Marissa. How are you doing, Marissa? Paul, thank you so much for having me on again. Um, it's always a pleasure to be able to, to join you guys. And and I was thinking about this actually a couple of weeks ago. I'm like, oh, I wonder when I'm going to uh, chat with my Huda in the UK friends again, because I had such a great time the first time we did the podcast and then getting the opportunity to meet you and some of the other favorite fan favorites um, over in London when we were there against the You're Rams. You're uh, talker. I bet you say that's <laughs> all the podcast, don't you? I, saw I, don't, you I don't. It's the truth, though. I saw you on Big G. Jim's podcast, you've now got, there's a Marissa <laughs> Contepelli fan club knocking about, I see. <laughs> Didn't you appear oh on goodness. the Puppet Guys show as well? Did you do that? Or was it someone else? Did you, did you appear on the Puppet Guys? Is it? I yes I did I appeared with uh, our favorite puppets and um, ooh, they threw out some really tough questions that was uh, one of the most um, intense interviews I think I, I've ever had to to do before but it, it was fun I perhaps, even the slightly, perhaps even the creepiest interview as well <laughs> being interviewed by puppets no they, those guys do a great job um, but thank you for those kind words and thank you for coming back it's been a real treat to see how your role has expanded and the Bengal social media team has expanded and you guys are absolutely nailing it at the moment. And yes, I did slap my hands forcefully there. Um, but, you know, we have to start with lockdown because I'm interested because we, we hear about all the players and the coaches, what they've been doing on Zoom meetings and having to adapt to this crazy new environment that we're now living in. What was it like for you and your job? Because you did it and you did it really, really successfully. But just could you just give us an idea how things were put into place and how difficult it was for you? Or even was it quite an easy transition from working at home 
uh, from sorry office work and, and, and work at the training field and on uh, and within PBS to working from home. Absolutely. It was honestly extremely challenging at the beginning and especially through that first portion. Uh, I believe we started working from home mid-March. So you had that the bulk of free agency trying to do everything from home and then working from home during the draft is not ideal. <laughs> I will just say that much. It was uh, it was really, uh, really tasking. Thankfully, uh, our team at the Bengals, we do a great job of communicating and making sure we're all on the same page. And so communication was key during uh, during the draft. I mean, we kind of uh, were anticipating Joe Burrow being that first over first uh, overall draft pick. But after that, it was kind of like, okay, who are we going to be taking? And so that was um, one of the more unique uh, situations I feel like I have ever been in is covering a draft from the confines of my own apartment here. And so I would um, not wish that on anyone. I feel like every NFL team who had to cover that did a tremendous job just because, I mean, you're used to having resources available to you at the facility that you didn't have. And so that was really uh, just overall such a big challenge, but I'm so proud of how our team was able to come out of that draft, the content that we churned out, just the, the number of um, photos and videos that we were still able to um, produce, the graphics that we were able to put out. So I feel like we still did a lot, lot of good on the social media and the digital fronts, uh, despite the, the challenges that we were faced. And, and honestly, after the draft was over, I mean, it was still um, difficult at times, but we kind of got into a little bit of a routine of knowing what resources I needed to pull from our network drive. So I would try to do that overnight to where I needed to download anything. And, and you get into that routine, and then thankfully we were able to return back to Paul Brown Stadium in June. And so um, since uh, I believe it was the second week of July, I've actually been back in the office full time. So we started going back on a rotational basis and now that I'm back in the office full time, it's so nice to be able to have our, our staff kind of all there together where we're socially distant. So we're not all in the same room or, or area together, but at least knowing we're all in the same building and, you know, you get to have um, the networks and the resources. So it makes it a little bit easier to produce the content that we want to put out there. And you, you guys did a fantastic job. I'm not just saying that. I mean, I've seen you. You know, I had the pleasure of seeing you work up close and personal when you came out to London. I can't tell everyone how hard you work, particularly. You are a complete marvel at your job. And um, But I want to go back to the draft because did you know for sure, or when did you know for sure that the team were going to take Joe Burrow? Or is that above your pay grade to tell us? I knew for sure when the commissioner announced it. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> That, that, will, that will be the answer we're, we're going to roll with today. I mean, okay. we, we had an idea, just like I feel like everyone in the country had an idea that Joe Burrow was possibly going to be that number one pick. But until it officially came out of Commissioner Goodell's mouth, um, it wasn't real for me until that moment. I don't believe you in the slightest. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> but, um, but as you say, the, the most interesting things perhaps and in the, in the kind of the, the elements of that evening where you had to really think on your feet and get stuff done quickly was from round two onwards because no one had a clue where the Bengals could go. They could go defense. They could go, as you said, wide receiver. They could, could have even gone tight end if they wanted to, you know. Mm -hmm. So that must have been the, the kind of, just like, oh, okay, now Joe Burrow's out of the way. Where, where are we going now? 
It really was. And I mean, I had every screen um, possibly available to me up and running. I had the draft going on my TV. I had my work computer, my personal laptop, plus an iPad going, just trying to like keep up with everything as best I could. And I mean, at least with um, the second and fourth rounds, um, we we had kind of overnight to get an idea from from the staff of what position groups they might be targeting. Um, but other than that, it was, like you said, we had to be on our toes, um, be as quick as we could with um, our content delivery because as we're all trying to work remote, but also all assisting one another while we're working remotely. And so it was it was an experience and I, it, that will be a draft I will never forget. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think any of us will really, for different reasons. Yes. Uh, so you, you mentioned, um, Going back to work at Paul Brown Stadium, the start of July, I think you said. Um, what was it like? Was it kind of a little bit nervous? Or talk us through what it looked like in terms of social distancing and and, and kind of, you know, was it mask wearing? Was it testing every day? What what was it like? Yes. Yeah, so there with the NFL, there's a different tier system. Um, and so like players and coaches are in tier one and then the rest of the staff gets allocated between tier two and three, depending on um, basically how much time you need to spend around the players and coaching. And so I'm in the, the tier where I'll, I'll get tested once a week. And then we all have to wear masks um, every time, every day in the building and while we're around people, but we're still supposed to be socially distant. And so we also have these um, tracking devices that we have to wear and they will, they get loud. So they will beep if you get too close to someone that's in a different tier um, from you and it'll start flashing if you've been too close to someone for, um, for too long of a period of time. So those have been extremely helpful to use too. We also do have our temperature taken every day and we have to fill out um, a sheet about making sure we haven't had any symptoms or haven't been exposed to anyone um, who've had, who's had COVID. And so, yeah, I, I really think that the Bengals and the NFL have done a great job of making sure we are as prepared and as safe as, as we possibly can be. I mean, they've been moving things around like no other to, to various um, spaces around the facility. I know um, they've had to make alterations with the locker room um, to make sure that our players' um, lockers are, are far enough apart that they need to, along with different meeting rooms. And so um, it's, it's been a, a unique time, um, I'll say. I, I had a chance to get out to practice Thursday and Friday yeah. of last weekend. Moving forward this year, the, we have a big stage area that is going to be set up where um, media is going to be um, instead of in the past where they've kind of been able to go around um, part of the practice fields, they're going to have to be set to kind of like one location. And so just being up there um, out on, on the stage Thursday and Friday, it was just, it's, it's going to be a different training camp um, this fall, but at least we have football, which is just the part that, you know, I just keep going back to, I'm just thankful that sports are able to return and that the NFL has done a great job of just making sure that our safety and protocols are, are at the place that they need to be. I read a stat today that we're only 28 days away from the start of the season. With everything that's gone on, that seems utterly bonkers to me. Um, but you can see it firsthand, as you say, you kind of went back to work on the second, office-based work, all your checks, all your tests, all your social distancing in place. Now the players are back. Now you're going to practice and you can see them actually playing kind of football on the practice field. I know that these guys, the guys are in pads this week, I think from tomorrow maybe even. Um, 
They are so, Tuesdays the first day in Tuesday, pads. Big, big pun, yeah. So <laughs> does it all of a sudden seem as real as it has ever done in this lockdown period? It does. It really hit me Thursday was the first day I was out there. And when I stepped onto the, the practice field and some of the guys were starting to, to trickle out from, from the locker room and, and make their way out there, I was just like, I had to take a step back. And I was like, all right, like, we're here. This is actually happening. I mean, they're not in pads. They weren't in helmets at that point. But the fact that they were out there going through drills and I finally got to see Joe Burrow throw a football in person, which was just so cool to see. It finally happened. And so it, really it does, please reassure he does exist. It's not like <laughs> he, he is real. He, he yeah. is there. And honestly, from just the first couple um, impressions that I have from him, he is as advertised. I am so excited to see him actually out there in pads. The first couple of days I was out there, they were just doing position drills. And so there was no seven on seven or 11 on 11 that I have witnessed so far. And so I'm really excited to see that and just to see how he's really going to be when you get the offensive line in there, when you get the, the offense in the formation that you want and, and to kind of see how it's going to take shape. He's wearing some quite interesting kind of headwear, like snoods and headbands and all the rest of it. Well, that's kind of quite fascinating us at the moment. Uh, you've got to take what you can get, what you're given these days. But um, mm -hmm. Joe Borrow, what's he like? Have you had a chance to say hello, introduce yourself, you know, that kind of thing? Or, or are you being kept away? Right. So all of my interactions with Joe so far have been virtual uh, through Zoom meetings. And so I will um, likely only interact with him that way this season. Um, and I don't blame the staff whatsoever for wanting to take those precautions and just uh, make sure that the players are, are safe and, yeah. and socially distant um, from everyone. But, but so far through all of the, uh, the Zoom interactions that we've had, he's, I mean, he's what you want in a quarterback. He, you can just, you get that confidence from him. He, I know Tyler Boy talked about it. He kind of, he kind of has a little bit of a swagger to him that, that you really love to see. And so um, I'm excited and eager to, to talk to him more once we get through uh, this next week of camp and even beyond just to see how much more comfortable he's getting into with the system with Zach Taylor. But I mean, so far, I mean, you, you got to love everything that, he, that he's been bringing to the table. So I know I'm excited. I know the fans are excited. Um, I don't know how much more excited I could possibly get up and, up till week one. Um, but man, I cannot wait to see him actually do you, out there. Do you feel that you mentioned the fans' excitement? I mean, because it's not just been Joe Burrow. For us, they I think they had a pretty good draft. I think there's lots of exciting players in the draft. They obviously completely, especially defensively, completely overhauled their defense, which is, I mean, as I'm sure you've heard all people say, it's unheard of for the Bengals to kind of <laughs> do that. Um, do you feel, and what's the atmosphere like uh, within the within the offices in the stadium and on the practice field? Do you sense that there is an excitement here uh, among the players that there is something good going on there? Oh, you can absolutely feel it. Um, and I know this year is a little different because normally I would be around the players a little bit more than than what we've been given access to. But even when you see guys posting on social media, backing one another up, and just the the smiles that you see when they were first walking out to practice. I mean, it just if there's something different in the air this year, and I really think it goes back to, obviously, Joe Burrow brings a big boost uh, to this team, but you mentioned it. I think that they knocked this draft out of the park 
Um, and also free agency. I mean, mm. you talk about overhauling the defense. You bring a guy in like DJ Reader. Um, I mean, I'm, I cannot wait to see him line up next to Geno Atkins. I mean, stopping the run is going to be a point of emphasis this year. So I just can't wait to see those two guys up there in the middle of the defense. Um, and, and so, I mean, there is just so much excitement and so much hope for this year. I mean, I, I feel like the fans are, are just bringing a whole nother level to that excitement and that engagement. And I mean, we feel it in, in the digital department when we see fans comment and react to some of the different posts and, and the different things that we are doing. And so it's just, um, it's a fun time in Cincinnati right now. That is what we like to hear. Is there, if there's Joe Burrow aside, is there one player, uh, a new addition, either the draft or free agency that you're particularly looking forward to? You mentioned DJ Reed, and I think he's a close uh, number one for me along with Von Bell, who I did not expect them to go out and get someone like Von Bell. Um, so is there a player that you're particularly looking forward to seeing when things get going? That is a great question. So I am very excited to see DJ Reader, but mm. I'm actually going to go with Von Bell for okay. two reasons. One being I'm also an Ohio State Buckeye, so I was so excited to add another Buckeye to the room. <laughs> but more importantly, just with revamping uh, the secondary and uh, just all the new additions they, they brought into that, that secondary this offseason, I'm just I'm so excited to see what they're going to do, just how Von Bell and Jesse Bates are going to play alongside of each other. And you still have an elite safety and Sean Williams. So how Lou Anarumo is going to kind of configure the back end of this defense and, and just everything that those guys are going to bring to the table. And I mean, you just look at Von Bell's numbers and, and just what he's done, what he had done with the New Orleans Saints. Um, I thought he was a great pickup. I was also very shocked and surprised when I found out that news as well, that he was going to be signing with Cincinnati. So so I'm going to go with Von Bell. He, he's one of the guys that I'm really eager to see out there. Good shout. I mean, God, I'm, it's 10 o'clock on a Sunday night and I'm getting really juiced up and excited. <laughs> um, thank you for that, Marissa. And hopefully you can come on again during the season. But before you go, uh, you might regret this, but um, you did say that you would be more than happy. I think you said delighted. <laughs> I think that was the word. Uh, to Ooh, take part I don't in know if I said that, but I said I'd, I'd be up for, up for the challenge of trying okay, this. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, to take part in our new general knowledge quiz, First and Ten. So, Marissa Contepelli, let's play First and Ten. Let's do it. Uh, okay, just a re quick recap of the rules. You, you start on your own 20-yard line. You have 12 questions to move 80 yards and score a touchdown. Uh, you have, it's the same as uh, the NFL. You get four downs you know, to move those 10 yards. So uh, there are three types of questions. One easy question, which means it's a five-yard gain. One medium-hard question, which is a 10-yard gain and one super hard question to score a touchdown. You can go for that at any time, at any place on the field, okay? So let's go. So what, you're at your 20-yard line. I do have one quick question. One. If 
if I get a question wrong, do I like lose those yards or do I stay where I'm no, at? No, you stay where you are. So for instance, if it's first and 10 and you get, you go for like an easy question uh, and you get it wrong, it's like second and 10 basically. But that counts as one question and you only have 12 questions in total. Got it. Okay. I wasn't sure if there was any like quarterback sacks being, being had and I'd be end up in my own end zone or something. <laughs> no, probably not. We, I mean, we're not that evolved and clever. Come on now, Marissa. Okay, uh, first question from your own 20, first down and 10. What are you going for? Easy, medium or hard? Five yards, 10 yards? Or are you going to say, look, actually don't say that because it'd be a really short game, I think. But um, which one would you like to go for? Let's start off with an easy question. Get my confidence going a little okay. bit. In which country... Was Billie Eilish born? In the UK, right? No, it was in your land. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. That's how much okay. I know about pop culture. <laughs> <laughs> All right, second and ten, what are you going for? Let's stick with easy. <laughs> okay. uh, which jersey number does Carlos Dunlap wear? Oh, employee 96. Okie dokie. So you're... Two questions in, you're at the 25, and it's third and five. Which one would you like to go for? You can get a first down with an easy question. Well, let's get the first down. Let's go for okay. the easy question. Okay, I like it, like it. Keep moving those chains. Um, what was the name of the first African-American lady to become first lady in the United States? Michelle Obama. Correct. So that is a first down. You can hear the crowd cheering somewhere. <laughs> uh, you're three questions down, so you're at the 30-yard line. Which one would you like to go for? All right, let's go for a medium question. Okay. Which team lost to the Green Bay Packers in the first ever Super Bowl? I should know this one, and I don't. <laughs> it's one of those questions, isn't it? Yes, it is. Um, my goodness, I'm just completely blanking. Um, okay. I don't – I just know – I'm going to go with the Chicago Bears just because I know how great that rivalry is, but I don't think that's the right answer. I'm afraid it's the Chiefs, the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm -hmm. Okay, you're still at the 30. Uh, this is the fifth question. Second down and 10. What would you like to go for? Let's go for – let's try another medium question. Okay. What is, what is it that prevents the Earth's atmosphere from drifting away into space? Take me back to my – school days of science which science was not one of the uh strong categories for me you know i liked my journalism classes <laughs> um but <laughs> is it gravity it is gravity first down Spend uh, a little bit on that one yeah <laughs> well done so this is question six uh and you're at the 40 what would you like to go for let's try a medium question okay what fictional planet is the superhero Superman from? Oh, goodness. I do not know. That's Marvel, right? I don't really know Marvel and all that. I know Batman is from Gotham City, if that counts. <laughs> Almost. I do, I do not know Superman. <laughs> well, it's Krypton, if that rings any bells. Uh, so, well, no, it'll, it'll stay with me now. Second and ten from the 40. Uh, you're into the final stretch. It's question seven. Which would you like to go for? Let's do an easy question. Okay. Complete the name of this film. The Shawshank. Redemption. Correct. Okay. So second and five. 
And this is your eighth question from the 45 yard line, approaching midfield. What would you like to go for? Let's go for a medium. Okay. What is the name of the largest ocean in the world? It's the Pacific Ocean. It is. First oh. down. Nice work. So you, you just hit midfield. You're on to question nine. You've got to start thinking about going for the big one soon, Marissa. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. Yes, you're at midfield. You're nine questions in. What are you going to go for? All right. So I only have three questions left. Yeah. Can I take multiple shots at, at the, big, uh, the big question? Yeah. I mean, it's, you've got four downs to go for it. So. All right. I am not feeling very confident, but we're going to try it because why not? <laughs> Let me scroll down to the really bastard hard questions. Okay. First down and 10. Question nine. Fromology is the study of what? Fromology. What in the world? <laughs> uh, fromology. Um, you'll know, if I, when I say it, you'll think, oh man, think about what tastes really good on crackers and pieces of bread and has a French name, like beginning with from. I can only think of like, I shouldn't be cheese, but oh, you got it. It is cheese. It is cheese, really? It is oh a touchdown. God. It is a 50-yard bomb. Contapelli <laughs> to AJ Green. It is a touchdown. All right. You oh, my first, gosh. You are our first touchdown scorer. Congratulations. I wish I had like a touchdown dance celebration ready to go. I'll have to work on that for next time. <laughs> that should just be what's, what goes on on Zoom should stay on Zoom. <laughs> um, thank you so much for playing that. Thank you for being a good sport. Um, and thank you for giving us an insight. As I say, I, th I think it's really, we've heard from, you know, the players and the coaches kind of really uh, telling us how much they've tried to adapt. So it's really interesting to hear from you and how your team have adapted during this I mean, just totally unprecedented time. So uh, thank you so much for the time now. And thank you for all the content you've been producing. Of course. And thank you, as always, for having me on. And, um, you know, that's just what we're, we're trying to do is bring the content that we know the fans want to see. And so uh, hearing uh, just kind of that um, reaffirmation from you that we're, we're doing what the fans want, want to see is, is just music to my ears. So, so thank you again, Paul. And it was a pleasure to join you. Well, there we go. That was the brilliant Marissa Contepelli. Many thanks to her for uh, coming back onto the podcast and being our first touchdown scorer uh, in first and ten. What do you think about that, Nathan? You stalled uh, at the uh, thirty-yard line, but on question nine, Marissa went for it all and she got it all because she's that kind of woman. See, the thing is that you know. <laughs> I, I would have settled, let me just say, I would have settled for a field goal here and lived to fight another day, you know. I was just, just warming up on that first drive. But I've got, got to give a lot of congrats to Marissa, you know. Great great guest for Cincinnati, uh, really enthusiastic, fantastic person. Um, and a pleasure to have her on again. Absolutely. And uh, I, I did, uh, I found it really fascinating to, to listen to what she had to say about, uh, you know, life at Paul Brown Stadium. What's, you know, because I, I watched the first episode of Hard Knocks and it's a bit dull actually um, really? yeah it was a bit it was, it was kind of interesting uh, but it was a bit dull um, 
I think they are. I mean, I think the drama really comes with Hard Knocks when you get sort of the roster cuts and you start, you know, because you start to root for people, don't you? But uh, so maybe it was just because it was the first episode. Um, I liked Anthony Lynn, the um, uh, the Chargers coach. He's a dude. He's a complete dude. Sean McVeigh. His top off, he gets his top off quite a lot in that, and he's got this kind of archetypal, cheesy kind of sun-drenched LA posh house kind of model <laughs> girlfriend. Do you know what I mean? It's like, oh, there's no, there's no, there's nothing there for me to like. Do you know what I mean? There's nothing at all there for me to like. With Sean do you see? Your, is that because you see yourself so much in him, son? It's just you, you can't <laughs> get on board with it. Well, you're saying this town ain't big enough for the two of us. Is that right? Is that what you're saying? Just too much of a threat to your identity. Sure That's about. right. No, not a threat. He's just he's just dull as dishwater. Goodness me. Um, anyway, that's my two pennies worth. Maybe because uh, they do. I forgot they were doing the charges and the Rams at the same time. But what was it? Well, my point is, it was interesting to see what they were doing with all the COVID stuff, and it was very interesting to hear what Marissa was saying about. Uh, about the Bengals and how they were handling things. And to be fair, I think they have handled things really well in terms of output. We've got, you know, when you bear in mind, that this is probably the, the the biggest and the most significant draft for the team in quite a few years. And they were having to produce all that content during lockdown. Uh, what they did produce, I thought was terrific. Uh, genuinely, genuinely terrific. And, the way they've sort of expanded their social media uh, production has been great. Uh, and, yeah, and Marissa's a big part of that. So congrats to all. Yeah, I completely agree. I think any fan would say that the Bengals' social media output has drastically improved over the last sort of 12 months or so. Um, full kudos there. I think that's a big part of the game now. And a lot of teams were doing it very well um before that i think the bengals played a bit of catch up but have certainly done a very very good job of it it's much more um engaging than it ever was more interesting good humor there so really good improvement and full credit to the team over there managing it yep always good to talk to marissa we'll have her back on uh, no doubt uh during the season but let's get to our correspondences uh as ever you can reach us at today underscore uk on Twitter and Bengals UK on Facebook. Do keep in touch. Things are starting to ratchet up a little bit. The excitement is starting to bubble. So we'd love to hear what you guys think about it and what you're excited for. Uh, let's start with Jamie at Trequart Beaster. After news uh, of a better in Vegas, sticking five grand on the Bengals to be the number one AFC seed, what is the biggest waste of money you've ever spent? Oh, it's a tough one, that is. It is. I once bought a steam cleaner about 10 years ago uh, that remains in its box and unused. Um, <laughs> and a bit more embarrassingly, tells you a lot about my love life, when, about, when I was about 17 or 18, uh, I went down to, I think it was Devon, we were all over Torquay's on the south coast for a bit of a lad's holiday. You know, about five or six of us camping. We were like... You know, going into Torquay at night and going into all the bars. I bought you, you dirty old, you know, dirty old dog in Torquay, the seventeen-year-old. Oh, yeah. I bet friendly women that were in Torquay in nineteen nineteen sixty-eight or whatever. Hey, what are you saying, <laughs> cheeky sod? I, oh, dear. I, I bought a packet of condoms for that holiday, or at least I bought a packet of condoms, <laughs> thinking, oh, you know, I'm a young buck. 
I'm a young, hot-blooded young fella. I'm going to go out there and, oh, you know, what's going to happen? I don't know. And um, you, you're going to make you're going to make love. I'm going to make stars. sweet love on the beach to some lucky, lucky lady. And yeah. uh, the reality, of course, was uh, so I bought a packet of three and somehow came back with five condoms, not three. <laughs> so that kind of shows you how that holiday went. Well, I, I, to, I reckon see what happened there is you used three of them and then needed a bigger <laughs> pack. So I got a pack of 12 and then went for a few more and then it was came back with five left. No, I know. I didn't do anything that holiday. I just got really <laughs> drunk. And uh... Anyway, uh, Jamie, there's a supplementary question. You haven't even answered that question there. Have you got any memorable wastes of money that you'd like to share with us? I think I've just overshared, but there we go. What I remember some, I was on a lad's holiday in um, Paphos in Cyprus when I was 18 and this guy on a quad bike sold me and four mates this like 30 quid each bar crawl. So you think there's 120 quid between the four of us. We're 18, you know, probably earning about 100 quid a month working in a clothes shop somewhere. Um, and we were like, right, yeah, we'll go to this. And the bar crawl didn't exist. So we just nice. lost out 120 quid. That's a classic one. <sighs> Uh, he has uh, Jamie has a supplementary question also with the news that turkey twizzlers are being reintroduced. What much derided part of your younger days do you want to see make a comeback? Um, I'd like to see Top Deck Shandy make a comeback. I always liked them uh, when I was a kid. Uh, what else will I see? I was going to say Finders. If we go down the food route. Uh, Finder's crispy pancakes, uh, but they're still around, aren't they? I used to have them for tea lots, you know, when I was a kid. Um, otherwise, just like you know, housing that doesn't cost, you know, three hundred grand for a shed. You know what I mean? You could buy a house in the eighties for like a hundred grand. You know what I mean? That, that I want the yeah. prices of things to come back so I can actually afford things. That's what I would like. Um, I would like. What else? Would I don't get me started on this because I, you know, you know me, listeners. I like to get a bit nostalgic. Uh, so I'm going to stop there. What about you, Nathan? So I've got. I'm going to play you the, the clip. I don't know if you'll be able to hear this properly, but I'm going to Go play on. it. This is what I what this is what I miss, and I think oh, should make a resounding return. Ready? Go Let on. me know if you can hear it. Go on. We press play. Where's he gone? This is not brilliant radio, Nathan. Can you hear it? No, there's nothing. <laughs> you can't hear it? Absolutely, it was pure silence. Is that what you miss? <laughs> is that what you're trying to say? You miss silence, no. is that it? <laughs> no, 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 sorry. Let me go, hang on, let me go, to my, let me go to my computer and play it off there for you so you can put it in. You, you'll enjoy it. So you're 100% enjoy this. Oh, go on then. I'm a bit, wait, on. I'm a bit, what is this? What is this going to be? You're going to enjoy it. I'm sure you'll remember this. Go on. (laughs) Yeah, I get it, I get it, I get it. 
Can you hear it? Yeah, yeah, I get it. So you want you want the Italian football on Channel Four back again? So that is what I would love to bring back, son. You know, bit of football Italian with James Richardson back in the nineties. That was one of my fondest memories growing Even up. Even with that terrible of, um, theme tune, why has that bloke he, got a really growly voice? <laughs> it, it, <laughs> Italiano. Why is he saying that? And then the Golazio at the end. Yeah. Golazzo. But what does Golazzo yeah. even mean? Is it an actual I think word? it means spectacular goal. All right. It's not like a, a John Fashnu on Gladiator's Aruga kind of thing, is it? <laughs> like a made-up word. No? no I, I, I think Golazzo means, like, brilliant, like, beautiful goal. All right. I'll have to ask my mum. It is indeed Italian. Yeah. Um, thank you, Jamie. Uh, dreams of witness at D-Witness. After watching NFL fan zones restore the roar... It's obvious to anybody with eyes and elbows we are going to go to the AFC Championship game off the back of a terrific 13-3 record. Who would the fellas like to play in that game to get us to the Super Bowl? And in in in, uh, in brackets, Jimmy says, Steelers no too easy. Uh, I would say we beat the Patriots just because of the immense satisfaction that would bring in the first round of the playoffs. And then we play Kansas City. You think they're, you know, we're going to be an easy, easy rollover in the championship game. But no, um, we, we, we win. We beat the Chiefs. Atkins and uh, Dunlap both sack and strip. Mahomes can't find any rhythm. All, our, all their speedy guys just can't get open. Um, Burrow just methodically marches us down three times for a 21-17 victory. Bang, Super Bowl, we're in. Yeah, I like it, son. I, lo- I love it. I love it. What I would have is I'd have the Ravens in the wild card game, right? And I reckon we'd be like horribly unfancied. Like yeah. Ravens would be huge favourites. We'd be like 10 to 1, like snuck into the playoffs 9 and 7, few injuries, like rank underdogs. And sneak the Ravens like at the end, like a sneaky like Joe Burrow sneak into the end zone for a cheeky win. Then beat yeah, then then have the Chiefs in the next round. Another ridiculous shock. Like no one can believe what's happening. But the Bengals are like caught fire, and we blow the Chiefs away. And then Patriots in the AFC Championship. You have to. I can't stand the Patriots. Just roll over Belichick and Cam Newton, and you know make our way to the Super Bowl there. Okay. Uh, oh, at Armaduke Panache. Solid handle. Already hearing half the players whose names I recognise have been carted off the field on the first day of camp and I can't cope. Don't worry, all. It's just the... Well, it's not the first day of camp, but it's the first day of the media were there, so, you know, there's, and pads and all the rest of it. So things are going to be amplified a little bit. But, you know, calm down. We'll see what happens to Renell Wren. Uh, we're, hopefully AJ and T Higgins and John will be OK and... Uh, John Ross will come back soon. Uh, Michael Smith at solid underscore handle. Solid handle. AJ Green and Chad Ochocinco come round to your house for a cuppa, but you only have one bag of Yorkshire gold and one bag of PG tips. Who gets what and why? I'm sorry, Mike, but I don't know the significance of this question because I don't drink tea. (laughs) No, I, I don't really drink much tea, but... Like, I don't even mind PG tips, but I'd probably give AJ the PG tips and then... Is I the Yorkshire Chad Gold is... the better one, is it? Well, I think all these geezers love it. Like, Jamie would be like turning her over, like swinging, swinging it about for the Yorkshire Gold, wouldn't he? But <laughs> I, I, I probably... Swinging it about? 
He, he loved all of your people. They're so snobby about that Yorkshire tea, aren't they? Like, oh, Yorkshire tea, nothing's better. Um, so I'll give it to Chad as he's the older gentleman. He probably deserves it. Well, Chad's more blingy, isn't he? So anything with gold in the title. Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. And AJ probably just wouldn't care because, you know, AJ's your mate. He'd just come round to see you. You wouldn't care about... What exactly, kind of exactly. What kind of tea you drank? He really. wouldn't care if you had Tetley's. He'd just drink it. Exactly. He wouldn't care if you had like you know Asda own as, brand as as basic tea. Yeah, Asda the Asda economy range of tea, basically. <laughs> the Asda basic some, some, tea bag. Some like dried milk to go in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No water either. Just a tea bag and dried milk. Put that in your mouth, AJ. Uh, anyway, right. Um, Duncan at Dastardly Duncan. Solid handle. Waynes is out long term. Wren went down heavy in practice today and they held AJ out after he tweaked something in his leg. Is this the new normal in the league due to COVID or is it going to be another what if season? Wondering what could have been if we'd stayed healthy. I, I no, Listen, I know it's, 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 it's so easy and tempting to kind of blow up and overreact, especially with the... Uh, terrible injuries that we had last year it's only natural to kind of overreact i did today when i saw aj and ronel rango down but um you know what every every team has injuries i hate to say it's just one of the things that you get in the nfl it's such a brutal hard game to play uh every team's gonna have injuries so it's just a case of whether we i think last year we definitely got more than more than your average uh, injury list, that's for sure, and have done in recent years. So the hope is that we're going to get some luck this year. Um, in terms of the COVID question, it's going to be interesting. I, I Just keeping an eye on that kind of situation, really intrigued to see what happens if and when, and it will be when, someone gets tested positive. I, I wonder what... I'm just intrigued to see what the procedure is for someone, uh, or not, not just the player, because obviously the player will then self-isolate, uh, and retest but I'm intrigued to see what happens if there are subsequent positive tests around in his position group or whatever it might be uh, it's one to watch out for I think indeed indeed well said my son Peter Dadswell at Dadders if any of the current Bengals players took the Ocho Cinco playing preparation of taking Viagra before each game what witty player names could we expect but T Biggins. T Biggins. I like that. He sounds like a, a character out of Lord of the Rings, though. So uh, <laughs> maybe Bobo's long lost brother, brother T Biggins. <laughs> <laughs> or Baggins. Um, yeah, it's a tricky one. T Biggins, I like. Um, I'm thinking about something like who, who could be called Rock or someone? Hard. <laughs> Hard E. Nickerson. Hard. <laughs> Hard, hard E. Cockerson, maybe. Uh, <laughs> hard E. Cockerson. Well, I don't know. He's not though. You never know. He might get called up at some point. You know. Um, I hope no, I hope no one's got this podcast on the end with uh, with their kids in the back of the car. Exactly. Hard E. Cockerson. Bloody hell. Well, you know. Well, uh, have we got a, have we got a dick on the team? Like we got Richard. <laughs> Dick uh, or a Mick? I don't know. Where where did that come from, uh, Peter? That question. 
Uh, Do you see how Chad Johnson admitted that he took Viagra for every game? Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, I think me and you, remotely, I'd hope, take some Viagra for this podcast, see if the entertainment what? value goes up a bit. I doubt it. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I just, we're just slightly more knowledgeable and a bit more energetic honestly, in our voices. Uh, after seeing all those chalice adverts on the NFL... Uh, each week, which is another reason I'm, I can't wait for the NFL season to start, just because of the stupid, crazy medical adverts on American <laughs> TV. I miss my Chalice adverts, uh, but you know, seeing all the side effects from Chalice, uh, I don't want to go anywhere, anywhere near any kind of erection-enhancing uh, <laughs> pills because uh, they sound dangerous. May cause heartburn, irritation, hair loss. Death. Sudden death, vomiting. <laughs> I, know, I know, right? <laughs> oh dear. Uh, I think I, no, I won't. Anyone won't say that. Um, right. Finally, Memphis Soul Stewart, Stuart Baird, six eight eight. Stuart, I've got to have a word with you. Stuart uh, thought my Welsh accent was more like a Danish accent last week. Uh, um, uh, that wasn't true, was it? It was a Welsh, wasn't it? I thought it was pretty good, son. I thought it was all right. Danish. Get, but, uh, get a hold of don't, yourself, don't, Stuart. Don't, don't let them knock your confidence, my Thanks, son. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. Um, right. Who would you... I've not read this question yet, so it's unvetted. Uh, so you never know with Stuart what's going to uh, come out, really. Uh, <laughs> who would you least like to follow on... T- <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, who would you least... <laughs> it's a good question. Um, who would you least like to follow into a portaloo if you knew they were taking a dump? <laughs> right. Have you seen? And there, there is context to this. Have you seen episode one of Hard Knocks? There is because the players have got portaloos, you know, chemical toilets around the side of the uh, practice field, and I think one player went in after someone went for a. Uh, decanted some waste, dropped the kids off, as they say, um, and it was all the talk around ca- ca- training camp at the Rams. Someone let 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 go something, something heinous, something, something not of this world, and uh, and so there is context to that question. Uh, basically, I wouldn't follow anyone into a toilet who has just recently eaten either a Skyline or a Gold Star chilli, put it that way. Controversial, yeah, I know. Sure. I'm not sure you want to follow, follow someone like Big Gino Atkins, would you really? And anyone who's just like eating a plate full of barbecue with all kinds of hot sauce and, and barbecue. Carlos Dunlap likes his hot food, doesn't he? Yeah, but he, 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 he eats healthy. Yeah, um, he ends up, yeah he's true. Bobby Hart, I wouldn't like to go into a toilet after yes, Bobby Hart yeah. used it. <laughs> who knows what goes into his mouth? Who knows? <laughs> well, who knows what comes out of his mouth again? Well, right? yeah, we know what comes out of it, but who knows what goes into it? Uh, <laughs> I think we'll leave it there. <laughs> Thank, you. <laughs> Thank you very much to everyone who has contributed and got in touch. We'll keep going. As I say, we're, we're going to have to work this out because literally, well... We're only about three weeks away from the st- three and a half. No, hold on, three and a half weeks until the end, the start of the season, which is mental. Uh, and we're only five episodes away now from a hundredth episode. Because so we've got some planning to do. Uh, so much excitement in the pipeline. 
um, so to speak. That goes back to Stuart's question. But we'll try and get clear our own pipelines and uh, crap out some podcast gold in our own chemical podcast toilet. That's a metaphor too far, I think. Anyway, uh, thank you to everyone. We'll be back next week. Uh, stay safe, be cool, and it's a who day from me. And a who day from me. Cheers, guys. And it should also be noted that the views and opinions expressed within this podcast do not reflect those of the Cincinnati Bengals organisation.